0: the mystery history podcast i'm allison i'm rachel welcome to episode 83 on the pike county murders Mm -hmm. you remember when this happened
1: yeah it was terrible pike county ohio in the middle of nowhere
0: yep it's about an hour and a half from dayton where we live um and it was big big news it might not be big news where you are but it was a massacre
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And it was huge news here because it was close enough that, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's big, big deals.
0: So we'll get into that. But first, we got a, just a few things for business. Um, you want to um, read the first two there, Rach? Uh, like, share, and subscribe, please. Yes, get please. on our Facebooks, get
1: on our Instagrams, tell everybody all about us. We love you and appreciate you.
0: Yes, please.
1: And then we wanted to shout out our favorite youngest listener, Mr. Christopher. Yes. His mom let us know that he listens and loves listening to us. And we super love that because when he was younger, we went to his birthday party. When we were real close with his mom, he had a bouncy house. It was a good birthday
0: party. (laughs) It was one of the best I've ever been to for sure. (laughs) So yes, Christopher, we love you very much. We're going to send you a little pack. Um, of stickers and a magnets for you being so awesome and uh, listening to us. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Thanks.
0: We have a listener tale. Um, So we last episode was on the Denver airport or no, it would have been two episodes ago. Um, And we had somebody, a new person who started listening, send us a message on Instagram about the Denver airport And this is what they said, said, um, my mom and I went down to the trams to get from one area to another, but we got on the wrong one. It was the one that was at the end of our line. So after we got on, it took off completely empty except for us. And it sped off into a long tunnel and it seemed to go on forever with no stops, no other recognizable things out of the window, just a dimly lit tunnel. We were in the front car. So I was able to see where we were going. Then after some time, it stopped and just sat there. <laughs> That'd be freaky. <laughs> I would have a heart attack. Yeah. Um, I could still see even more track that disappeared into the darkness of more tunnel. Then the tram started back up again and began traveling back the way we came. Eventually, it got back to the flat platform when, where we came from and we got off and abandoned our mission for food.
1: Have you been in those trams before where it's like the front tram where it's like all window in the front? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They would have approximately 20 seconds of sitting there with the dark tunnel in front of me before I started (laughs) freaking out completely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that would scare me because then it'd be like, okay, well, are we going to go back? Are we going to like, am I stuck here forever? Am I going to miss my plane? (laughs) Uh, Start rationing food, pick a key corner. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So um, that story was from um, Corey and it was a friend of mine that, uh, or a friend of not mine, a friend of his that had that story. So uh, we thank you for those listener tales. We have not been to some of these places that we talk about. So if anybody has any experiences, let us know. Um, He actually is really close to the Goatman's Bridge.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: um, he's, he's been there and he says it's a fun and creepy place. So if Rachel and I ever get to Denton, he, um, he knows a lot of history about the place and there's some cool things to go and look at. So hopefully we can get there one day and he can show us around. So thank you, Chris. We appreciate you. Uh, Corey, not Chris. Sorry. (laughs) I was on Christopher. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you very much. And as always, Patreon. Join $2 it.
1: tier and five dollar tier,
0: best Come deal around them. town. We have so many
1: episodes over there, you guys. Some really of our do. best work.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. Um, yeah. There's shorter episodes, but we talk more. If you like the banter, some people don't like it, uh, but we have it. And yeah, right now we're doing the special. If you join either tier, you will get a sticker and a love letter sent out from us. So we would appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Would. You got anything else business related? No, no, I did right.
1: not. The story right. is so sad. I don't even want to talk about it.
0: It really is dad. Um. Okay. Well, why Peace don't you start turns. us off?
1: <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> so on April twenty second, two thousand and sixteen, Bobby Joe Manley went to her sister Dana Roden's home to feed their pets at Union Hill Road in Pike County, which as Ali said, sort of, is about 50 miles from Columbus and 60 miles from Cincinnati. And when she opened the door, she saw two dead bodies and immediately called 911. That was at 7.51 a.m. Before the police arrived, Manley discovered two more bodies in the second home on the property. Her brother, James Manley, went to check on their sister, Dana, and discovered the third crime scene, where the police found three more victims when they arrived. So that's already
0: Seven? crazy, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. that's insane.
0: And it, I mean, mm-hmm. Bobby Joe's got some balls because I don't think I'd be looking anywhere. Checking
1: other scenes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so I don't know,
1: I know. Is if that, you're I mean, a family, member. it's your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, I would definitely be checking other scenes. I yeah.
0: think. At 1.26 p.m., a 911 call reported an eighth body that was found, which was an adult male in a camper in nearby Piketon. Three young children, ages three, six months, and four days old, were unharmed during the the shooting. The four-day-old was found in bed with her mother, who had been shot to death that mm-hmm. image like that's always what's killed me about this case
1: i know the babies that were there like yeah mm-mm.
0: and especially like the three-year-old like they're old enough to, like, they,
1: they have memories they yeah. can yeah, yeah they store memories at that age
0: and thankfully they were not savage enough to kill the children um mm-hmm. but just that display like just uh kills me
1: being there yeah it's terrible yep.
0: So seven adults and a 16-year-old were among the victims. An estimate of 32 shots were fired during the killings. Crazy. uh, (laughs) Autopies. (laughs) Autopies.
1: Autopsies were performed on the victims in Cincinnati. The Ohio Attorney General did not want to announce the full autopsy reports due to safety concerns. The Cincinnati Inquirer and Columbus Dispatch filed a lawsuit against the Pike County Coroner's Office. Ohio Attorney General Mike DeWine got involved and stated that the public release of the information directly threatens the success of the investigation. They decided to release redacted versions on September 23, 2016. Mike DeWine did approve more than $20,000 to help pay for the funerals of the victims.
0: That was nice. You don't, nice. you, I don't, I don't hear about that often. Um, they probably
1: but, don't want to announce that because that's like tax dollars.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, and if you think about it, eight people, $20,000 is not going to get you very far, but I mean, no, it's, it's, like it's a nice gesture. Them, right. Yeah. yeah. So the, um. so these are the victims and the relationship. they have and the cause of death and how old they were so you've got christopher roden jr who was 16 he's the youngest son of dana and christopher roden senior he was shot in the head christopher roden senior he was 40 he was the ex-husband of dana roden he had gunshot wounds to the head torso and limbs Clarence Frankie Roden was 20. He was the eldest son of Dana and Christopher Roden Sr. And was the f- father of the surviving six month old and a three year old. he had gunshot wounds to the head. Dana Lynn Roden 37 was the ex-wife of Christopher Roden Sr. Gunshot wound to the head and neck. Gary Roden 38 cousin of Christopher Sr. And Kenneth Roden had gunshot wounds to the head. Hannah May Roden, 19, was the daughter of Dana and Christopher Roden Sr. and was the mother of the surviving four-day-old child who was found in bed with her. Uh, She had gunshot wounds to the head. Hannah Hazel Gilly, 20, she was the fiancé of Clarence Roden, mother of the surviving six-month-old child. She had gunshot wounds to the head. And Kenneth Roden was 44. He was the brother of Christopher Roden Sr. And had a single gunshot wound to the head. Ooh.
1: It's an entire family.
0: Just wiped off the face of the earth.
1: Yeah. It's distressing. Yes. The four-day-old and the six-month-old um, were placed under protective services. And the three-year-old was put under guardianship of his mother, who was not involved in the shooting. <clears>
0: hmm <throat>
1: So. Let's talk about the investigation, because I remember when this happened, like they said, they didn't um, put forth like all the information. So it was like slowly trickling out. But like everyone in the area had enough information to be like, oh, my God, like what is
0: going on? So- right. And was it a relate? like it was it? just a family dispute or is these people coming to kill more people like nobody knew yeah, what was going they, on.
1: like people were scared because mm-hmm. it was such a big thing yeah like is are other people going to be involved that sort of thing so police believe that there was more than one shooter that was responsible for the killings which uh, of course you can't yeah. kill that many people with gunshot wounds to the head
0: mm-hmm.
1: this isn't called duty right um since two of the crime scenes were within walking distance a third located about a mile away and the fourth located about eight miles away investigators considered the possibility of a murder suicide but it was discredited as none of the victims appeared to be suicides
0: right it's hard to give a gunshot wound to yourself when it's execution style
1: yeah Ohio Attorney General stated that the killings were planned, premeditated, and a sophisticated operation, citing the efforts taken by the shooter or shooters to cover up their tracks and remove any incriminating forensic evidence.
0: All of the victims were members of the Roden family. Surviving members, like we said, were urged by police to take, well, no, we didn't. We said that they were staying with other people, but the surviving members who weren't children were urged by police to take precautions. And all of the residents of Peebles were advised to stay inside their homes the following night because they didn't know, like we said, if it was who this was, if they were going to strike more people in the town. An investigative task force of over 100 members led by the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Identification and Investigation, otherwise known as BCI, were assembled. More than 251 law enforcement officials were involved with the investigation and sheriffs from 25 offices across Ohio offered to provide resources. The FBI and the DEA provided technical expertise to DeWine's office, so they had all hands on deck here.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, getting all the help they could get. At least five search warrants were executed, and more than 50 people were interviewed in connection with the killings. 79 pieces of evidence were examined, including a Facebook threat aimed at Christopher Roden Jr. that was posted before the shootings that my friends is why you don't post threats to people on Facebook.
0: If you mean it, or if you don't (laughs) either way (laughs) on April 25th, a spokesman from DeWine's office confirmed that cannabis was discovered at three crime scenes on union Hill road, including an indoor grow house in which a hundred or hundreds of cannabis plants were being grown as well as chickens and equipment that were consistent with breeding chickens for cockfighting. An estimated total of 200 cannabis plants were discovered from the crime scenes and are believed to have been grown for sale and not for personal use. I mean, that's a lot of personal use. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's currently unknown if the cannabis was connected to the shooting though investigations confirm the possibility of involvement with the Mexican drug cartel, so that's where everybody's head started going was Mexican drug cartel. In 2016 the only use of cannabis that was legal was for medical purposes. So it's not not like you could do that today growing 200 pot plants um but it was more strict in 2016 than it is now.
1: Yeah. Uh, is it?
0: I mean we you're have dispensaries to do that
1: now, either.
0: No, but yeah, but you're we still have... not
1: allowed to grow it at your house. No, that's
0: what I said. You can't have two hundred <laughs> pot plants. But I think
1: they're I think they're equally on top of that as they were in two thousand and sixteen. Just you know,
0: okay, fine <laughs> Don't do it. The moral of the story: don't do it. If you need <laughs> weed, go to a dispensary like a normal person.
1: <laughs> right. I, I mean, I remember when that came out because with how sophisticated it seemed that everything was done, it seemed like there was somebody at each location and at like, you know, a given time they like went through and executed everyone. Mm -hmm. So it sat and like where we live is right on, um, interstate 70 and 75. And it's like a crossroads and it's, bad for all sorts of things um you know sex trafficking and drug trafficking it, you know goes through here all the time
0: mm-hmm. so
1: I remember when they like announced that and everybody's like well case solved yeah <laughs> like something went wrong with a drug deal people came up and took care of it like that's got to be what happened and then can we take a moment to talk about cockfighting
0: I didn't because I think
1: does that
0: I don't know I think it's ridiculous
1: (laughs) it's ridiculous and then also like we lead we lead such sheltered lives like is that a thing do people like go to cockfights I guess they must where in Pike County Ohio probably in a a barn
0: somewhere I would assume I don't know yeah, we're some not basement. hanging out with shady enough people. I have never been invited. <laughs> no, no, and and two, like talking about the seventy-five seventy split. I used to work at a hotel right Ooh, there, yeah. and there would be like I used to do housekeeping. There would be all kinds of evidence that they had brought through a lot of drugs, like a lot. There was nothing the cops would do about it, like. I remember cleaning a room that had packages and packages, like they duct taped them and then Saran wrapped them, and it all—the whole room smelled like pot, and you—it was just everywhere. And we called the cops, and they're like, "Well, there's nothing we can do." It's like, dude, this is a hotel. Like, I know who stayed here. I don't know if yeah, let me give you their license
1: plate. Right. Well, they like register their license plates and everything, and they were like off on their way. I have their ID like Mm -hmm. I have their ID. Um, that was like the most dangerous job you could have ever had because like, not only did you do housekeeping, but you were, how old were you? Like 16,
0: 17, 17. Yeah. Girl,
1: you worked the front desk in the middle of the night all the time.
0: Oh yeah. till we, from three to 11, there was nobody in the hotel that worked there except for me. It was very dangerous. And luckily the cops that I, I got to be real familiar with the cops, um, most of the people that stayed there would stay there for a long period of time. So I actually mm-hmm. got to be friends. We had a lot of like contractors that worked there on the highways and they actually saved me a couple of times. If anybody got rowdy, they would be out there like standing right next to me, ready to fight somebody. They would bring me dinner. They, they were I remember. very remember. Nice. They were very I, nice men.
1: I feel like I like came up and like we all hung out with a couple mm-hmm. groups of those guys. Before.
0: Yeah, they were very <laughs> were,
1: like, they were polite. They
0: too. were like uncles, like they weren't yeah. like trying to get into anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were just being exactly. nice and having a little bit of home. You know, maybe I reminded them of their kid or something. They were right. Just, they were just good <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Nice guys. Yeah. Oh, my
1: goodness. <clears throat> Okay. Oh, Pike County was known for cannabis problems. In 2010, 22,000 cannabis plants were seized by authorities in Lantham, which is 15 miles west of Piketon, and a major cannabis growth site was discovered by police in August 2012, with about 1,200 cannabis plants being destroyed by investigators, both having connections to the Mexican drug cartels.
0: So they're everywhere, Mexican. Again,
1: we lead such sheltered lives. Like that's right down the street from us, and like the Mexican drug gr- drug cartels are growing pot out in the farms over here
0: of in Ohio, <laughs> which I it? also
1: don't even know how they do that because like part of my job is working with people where they do like flyover flyovers and take pictures of properties,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, for the counties, whatever. And I would think that they're take and they take it of the land. So like t- they're taking pictures, um, you know, once a year of all of the land in these counties. How are they not noticing 22,000 pot plants <laughs>
0: somewhere? I, I, I mean, I would assume from that height, they would just look like anything else. Not now. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, oh, because you can you see can really see, well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, well, then, maybe back in 2010,
0: and not now. <laughs> these ones that the Roden family—they were houses, so you couldn't see what were in them.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. In this case, the so, 22,000 cannabis plants had to be outside, right? Yeah, I couldn't
0: imagine that'd be a big ass <laughs> facility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I lost our place. So let's see here. Mm -hmm. On April 26th, Dana Roden's father, Leonard Manley, stated that the victims knew their killers because they had two, Dana had two protective dogs that they didn't, but they didn't attack anybody during the shootings. Mm -hmm. There was no sign of forced entry at the crime scenes. Manly, who is not involved in the shooting, also said his daughter had no involvement in the exposed cannabis operations, saying that they were trying to drag my daughter through the mud. And I don't appreciate that, which I understand that because no matter what, even if it was cocaine or something hard, like, you know, they're still Mm -hmm. dead. That's still your kid and they're dead. So I, I understand that either way.
1: I mean, she may very well not have had anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. 200, 200 pop plays isn't that many.
0: No, no. I mean, I get the 22,000. Okay, that might be Mexican cartel. But this just seems like a homegrown town yeah. operation. And yeah. either way, it, they need to be brought to justice, whoever did this.
1: Yeah. So some family members acknowledged brothers Kenny and Christopher Roden Sr., growing cannabis, but we're unaware of any high volume growth occurring. Mm -mm. So, I mean, sure. Yeah. I buy it. Yeah. Uh, On, (laughs) it's a little close. (laughs) On May 3rd, following the funerals of the last six victims, authorities towed away at least three vehicles from the property belonging to the Roden family. Spokeswoman for the attorney general's office said they were being towed away as part of the investigation. The next day, additional vehicles were towed. They were all dropped off at the base of operations set up by the investigative task force. As of May 12th, more than 500 tips were submitted during the investigation and 120 interviews were conducted. That's a lot of tips. That
0: is. is, But if you think about it, that's eight people. Tips for eight people.
1: That's true. I'm thinking about the size. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever been to Pike County.
0: I don't think it's very big. So that but might be like, like 500 people live there. Yeah, I don't know. That's what
1: I'm thinking <laughs> Yeah, because uh, I know where it's at and I know counties like close by and know like what's going on there. So I'm like, there's probably less than 500 people <laughs>
0: like, right.
1: in the area. So, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of tips for, for that.
0: On May 12th, DeWine and Pike County Sheriff Charles Reeder announced the state's intention to relocate the mobile homes where the killing occurred to secure a location in order to preserve evidence and protect the mementos of the Roden family. Three of the homes were taken to a property in Waverly, where the investigative task force set up their command center, while the fourth would would arrive later because they had some complications when they were trying to move it. As, As of October,
1: oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go. Okay. I'll go. <laughs> As of October 6th, the homes were being stored in a warehouse that was once part of a chemical processing company. On November 24th, dozens of family vehicles and farming equipment, which were seized and investigated earlier in May, were returned to the victim's relatives. Dang.
0: Yeah. Can you so think were- about
1: the amount of money they probably lost? Going from May to November without their farming equipment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if that's what they did for a living. I don't know how. You know, I don't know. But if I don't think you generally
1: keep farming equipment if you don't farm. (laughs) So that's um, a good point. And you probably don't live in Pike County if you don't farm. (laughs)
0: but I don't know how many rodents were left to use the farming equipment that oh. they had either. You know what I mean? Too soon. Too soon. It's not dig. It's just, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. No, I
1: know. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a they lot. Might,
0: I, I would like to know how big their family is. You know what I mean? Like how many, there was eight there, but how big really was it? Um,
1: yeah. Cause that could be like a small portion of the family
0: or even like, you know, Taken m- selling that stuff to get money to take care of the kids or something like that. Um, paying
1: for those funerals, yeah,
0: yeah. yep. Mm. Um, August 4th, 2016, during a court hearing relating to the custody of six month old and 40 old children left alive, Sheriff Charles Reader confirmed investigators' early suspicions that there were more than one shooter who was involved in the killings. He also said that the two children remained in grave danger because of the investigation and the investigation was possibly the largest in the BCI's history. So that's pretty crazy. That's a stat that nobody wants to hit. Um, and, and that's, I would not really say that they're in grave danger because if they wanted to kill them, they could have, and they're not young enough to say anything. I mean, the three-year-old old
1: enough, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They're not, yeah, they're not old enough to like testify to anything. Yeah. No, so I don't really know. I mean, it would be very, if I was the one who received those babies, I could see where you would be on high Being alert. Scared, yeah, yeah sure. I'm still be
1: scared, for sure on august 13 2016 kvia tv incorrectly reported that two men were arrested in hatch new mexico for the shooting death of a police officer and that they were also suspected in the rodent uh, familicide um, yeah the, that's a word i've never seen before um yeah. the men actually were suspected in another shooting death in londonary ross county ohio Dewine and Pike County Sheriff issued a statement saying they were unaware of a link in the case and there's no evidence confirming it. KVIA later retracted the error. Whoopsie. It's so easy. It is so easy for that to happen and like snowball. Oh yeah. Because and completely people completely just... derail like everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we're all too connect like easily connected now. Like you say one thing everybody's going to know about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, or you could just share it on Facebook and people will be like I believe that that must've happened. And then it's like, that's the fact.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is like, they retracted it, but like more people would share that it was discovered than they would share that it was retracted. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, on Facebook, when people like share stuff, like this person's missing and like look for them. I swear. I respond all the time on those, like when people share them, cause I always follow the link Yeah, and it's like, this person was found 40 days ago. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, good news. You should right. take your post down. They have been found. I forget. It's who. like, nobody ever looks at that stuff before sharing. it. I'm like, take five seconds.
0: I forget <laughs> but, uh, who it was. I want to say it was Sean Connery, but it started going around that he died. And one of the guys came in at work and they're like, Hey, did you hear Sean Connery died? And I was like, yeah, two years ago, bro. Like that's old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, just gets like, started again. Got viral and then, again. Yeah. yeah. Back up. <laughs> Oh no. (laughs) On August 20th, DeWine announced new information regarding the investigation. He confirmed family and community members' suspicions that the perpetrators were familiar with the victims, their homes, and the surrounding area. He also announced that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and other federal agencies had become involved with the investigation. In addition, DeWine speculated that residents in the area have more knowledge than what they're willing to share with investigators. And unfortunately, that's probably true a lot of the time.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember that being said like that coming out, too, Uh huh. because I was like, oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, know, like
1: they know something.
0: Yeah. Somebody knows something somewhere.
1: Right. Um, and then those like tight knit communities like that. Well, really? Like neighborhoods, whatever. I mean, it could
0: happen here, too. Anywhere. We well, don't want to you know? be the next family that ends up dead. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I get I no. get it.
1: On August 23rd, officials in Kenton County, Kentucky, located about 100 miles from Pike County, reported similarities between the Ohio shootings and a double homicide in Kenton County that occurred two weeks before. The victims, a well-known drug dealer and his girlfriend, were found fatally shot execution style in their bed. The uncaught Kenton County killers, who were believed to be familiar with the victim's home, also left any children in the house unharmed. A total of 770 tips had been submitted to investigators as of September 23rd, according to court documents released on October 7th. So like, it's just getting deeper and deeper that it is probably drug related.
0: Right. And just like we were talking about with Facebook and people sharing things and you just believing that to be fact, up until we did these notes, I thought it was a Mexican drug cartel because I must have not listened to the final verdict as to what happened. Did
1: you find out when I told you right before we did this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ali found out 20 minutes assumed, ago. <laughs> I just
0: assumed that that's what it was and it's not.
1: That was so true. funny because I told you like I really wasn't following the list that closely because the kid thing and it was too many people. I'm sensitive. Mm-hmm. I was like I don't want to know like this is awful. And then I remember like hearing from talking to other people that about what it was actually. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's news Can to me. Put
1: this in here. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should.
0: Uh, uh, that's why you make such a good team. Right. <laughs> You're more detail oriented than me. I'm just like, yeah, the drug cartel. Come on. Everybody Obviously. knows that. Everybody uh, thought they knew that. <laughs> On September 28th, WXIX-TV reported that the Roden family houses, all seized by the state as part of the investigation, were not being guarded properly. A news team had spent six weeks, starting from August 14th and ending in late September, watching the warehouse. Their surveillance reportedly turned up an absence of uniformed officers guarding the building, as well as lack of security cameras and unlocked open main gate. Whoops. Whoops. Uh, DeWine responded to the claims, calling them ludicrous and asserting that the evidence was preserved and is not compromised. Reacting to the report, a former prosecutor from Hamilton County criticized the inadequate security measures and said any evidence that they would pull out of that thing would be virtually useless.
1: That's problematic.
0: Definitely. That's why you moved all these houses there.
1: Yeah. If you're going to do that, just
0: leave them them. where they are. (laughs)
1: Well, the news team was watching for yeah. at least a few weeks, six weeks. So, <laughs> there's yeah. that, I guess. <laughs> On October 1st, Dewine said that the our said that investigators were getting leads in the case and that the state had enough physical evidence for prosecution. He also appealed to the public, explaining that there are people who know more about the shootings. So Again. he is continuing to say, like, "Hey, neighbors, like y'all know something."
0: Well, and Dewine um, was our governor during COVID. And he likes to try to guilt trip. <laughs> so he knows how I think to do That's that.
1: probably a card a lot of the governors pulled in a lot of the states. <laughs> but I mean,
0: I pull it too every day, right? But every single day. <laughs> so we're not talking about me. This
1: <laughs> is how she gets everything done. <laughs> On. November 14th, Pike County Sheriff Charles Reeder issued a statement urging people with knowledge of the killings to come forward. He followed up with a second statement threatening to arrest anyone who may be obstructing the investigation, including relatives, family friends, and neighbors. Reacting to the second statement, Dana Roden's father, Leonard Manley, said that he held nothing back during the investigation. Following his re-election to the position of sheriff, Reeder reiterated this belief and added that people may be scared of providing information.
0: Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> what are you oh. going to do to protect me if I give you said information? Wait until I'm dead right. and be like, oh, oh another investigation. Thanks. thanks for that info, Allie. Right, right. <laughs> on January 20th, 2017, DeWine, on behalf of the Ohio Victims of Crime Compensation Program, denied a request by family member David Weasel to c- c- recover lost compensation related to the massacre. So I'm assuming that's what we're talking about, the farm equipment, maybe Possibly not having a weed. vehicle, maybe the weed. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that is cool. If it was about the weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why he denied it, because he's like, I can't maybe. condone this. Can't do this. Yeah, I no.
1: can't do
0: that. Two people related to the family massacre in Pike County in 2016 were re- arrested on drug charges, according to information released by the Ohio Attorney's General Office. Josh Roden, 38, was arrested on a felony charge of drug trafficking, and John McJunkin, 63. What a name. It's like McLovin, only like the Kmart version. McJunkin. (laughs) He's 63 on a felony charge of possession of drugs on Thursday.
1: So, like, in all the investigating that they did to try to find the murders, they found another family member that was implicated with drug charges because of all of that
0: I feel like that's a low blow I don't think that's how you get people to come to you though and give you information on things
1: probably not
0: (laughs) I mean damn
1: not any traffickers anyways
0: kick you when you're down
1: Evidence in this case was discovered during the investigation into last year's killings. So that's what I just said. Um, investigators seized more than eight thousand in cash, an estimated seventy-seven hundred in prescription pills, nine guns, and a small amount of marijuana from the suspect's home on Grassy Fork Road in Peebles. Yep, it's a lot of prescription pills.
0: That's probably what it was Actually, more about.
1: I don't know how many prescription pills that is. <laughs> Well, that's a all lot of, of money,
0: <laughs> yeah. If all of them's 50 bucks, 100 bucks a pill,
1: yeah, hard to say.
0: <laughs> all right, now we're going to get into the Wagner family. On May 12th, 2017, a SWAT team from the Franklin County Sheriff's Office raided a Pike County home approximately 10 miles from the site of the murders. Police originally stated that they were searching for suspects in the murders, however, it was later clarified. That they were looking for evidence in the case and not suspects. The police also searched an out Adams County property once owned and recently sold by Edward Jake Wagner, an ex-boyfriend of victim Hannah Roden, and the father of her three-year-old daughter, but not the father of the four-day-old baby who was with her and unharmed during the killings.
1: And this three-year-old daughter wasn't there either.
0: Right. Which is a little suspicious.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, is it suspicious? Maybe not. A little
0: suspicious.
1: Why? Maybe she. It was his his uh week to have her, or whatever. You know, his weekend.
0: Well, it's not suspicious after we follow figure out the rest of the story.
1: no I'm just saying, it could have been his weekend to have her. <laughs> <laughs> That's not suspicious.
0: Okay, no, that specifically is not suspicious, but then we'll get more suspicious as we go along, okay?
1: <laughs> yeah. On July 20th, 2017, Ju- uh, Ohio police announced that they were seeking additional information on Jake Wagner, as well as his parents, Billy and Angela, and brother George. The family was living in Alaska at that time, and police mm-hmm. wanted to learn of interactions that members of the public had with the family, specifically conversations pertaining to vehicles. Firearms and ammunition. Ooh, now it's suspicious. A little suspicious. On November 13th, 2018, Ohio Attorney General Mike DeWine announced that George Billy Wagner, Angela Wagner, George Wagner the Fourth, and Edward Jake Wagner had been arrested and charged with planning and carrying out the murders. The suspects are all members of the Wagner family from South Webster. So to go through that relationship and where they were arrested. We have George Billy Wagner, the 47. Um, he's the father of George Wagner, the and Jake Wagner and husband to Angela Wagner. He was arrested in Lexington, Kentucky, Angela Wagner, 48, who's the wife and mother was arrested at her home in Scioto County, which is in Ohio, uh, George Wagner, the fourth twenty-seven. Um, was arrested during a traffic stop in Ross County, and Jake Wagner, 26, was arrested along with his brother during a traffic stop in Ross County,
0: Bummer, dude. Ohio. Right, Ohio. <clears throat> Rita Newcomb, 65, of South Webster, who was the mother of Angela Wagner and Frederica Wagner, 76, of Lucasville, mother of Billy Wagner, are accused of perjury and a. Of- obstructing justice for allegedly misleading investigators. Newcomb also is charged with forging custody documents to cover up the crimes. In December of 2019, she pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of obstructing official business in connection with the investigation of the April 2016 homicides. In exchange, prosecutors dropped the forgery, obstruction of justice and perjury charges against her. It's a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that's a lot of charges to get dropped. On April 21st, 2021, five years to the day that the bodies of the Roden family were found shot to death, Edward Jake Wagner pled guilty to eight counts of aggravated murder, felony conspiracy, four counts of aggravated burglary, unlawful possession of a dangerous ordinance, multiple counts of tampering with evidence, forgery, unauthorized use of property, interception of wire, oral communications obstruction of justice, engaging in a pattern of corrupt activity and unlawful sexual conduct with a minor. Whoa. That was a lot of stuff.
0: That is a lot of stuff.
1: To be doing.
0: He was busy boy.
1: (laughs) He was. (laughs) The state of Ohio agreed as part of the guilty plea not to seek the death penalty for him or his father, mother or older brother. He faces life imprisonment as part of the deal. He agreed to cooperate with prosecutors and testify against his family members.
0: So Mm. yeah, that's a lot. The, The plea deal revealed Jake Wagner was trying to force Hannah May Roden, then 19 to sign forged court documents, giving over custody of their daughter, who is now seven at that time, um, and is in the care of surviving members of the Roden family. Jake Wagner was charged with unlawful sexual conduct with a minor for having sexual contact with Hannah May Roden when she was 15 and he was 20. On December 15, 2015, according to evidence revealed, Jake Wagner hacked into Hannah May Roden's Facebook account and read a private message saying she would never relinquish custody of the daughter and that they'd have to kill her before she signed the documents, which they did.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jake Wagner then would spend the next four months preparing by buying ammunition, magazines, and brass catchers to collect shell casings rather than leaving them as evidence. He bought materials to make silencers for a rifle and two handguns. He used cell phone jammers and video surveillance equipment to study the habits of his victims. That's nuts. It is insane, isn't it? Like, they thought it was Mexican drug cartel because of how, like, organized this
0: crime was. And it was just a kid, essentially.
1: Yeah, getting his family roped in to, I, I don't know, the whole thing blows my entire mind. Mm-hmm. And, and they got away with it for, a oh, good amount of time. Like, right. really, when you, like, think about it, that's a lot of time to be out
0: in the world, living your life. Yeah. After Just... doing something like that. And then to think that they probably thought that they were going to get away with it. Because probably. people pinned it on this drug cartel. He's scot-free. He doesn't have to worry. And lo and behold, mm. justice caught up with him, thankfully. Thank goodness. Yeah. It's mm. crazy. On April 22nd, 2016, he carried out the plan, personally murdering five of the eight rodents across three different houses. Jake Wagner himself pulled the trigger in five of the execution style. So he executed five of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't know if he murdered the mother of his child. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope that he would not what? be able to do that i don't know how anybody could murder anybody when they have a four month know. or four day old baby with them like i don't know i don't know
1: i don't know how anybody murders anybody period
0: i, I agree I
1: them execution style i mean we're gonna just like back this all the way up because obviously that's not like a i like i don't think i would be capable of it but like i get like the passion killings and then Mm -hmm. also somebody you know I mean if somebody killed somebody in my family I might okay I get the premeditated thing too but like over custody and like this is rough but like life choices right well obviously
0: the he that daughter should not have been in his custody if he was capable of doing this
1: yeah and then like why was this necessary right like why was that the necessary?
0: thing that he came to to do for that. Like and what kind of family that goes along with it and is like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do let's that. Let's do let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. That's
1: when, um that's when somebody with sense needed to step in. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna act like you didn't say that. And I'm gonna need right. you to calm down. <laughs> right.
0: Gotta have that voice of reason. It's very important.
1: Ugh. So when the judge heard the story from the prosecution, he asked Jake Wagner if the sequence of events was accurate. And he said, I agree. And I am deeply sorry.
0: Yeah, right. Don't believe it. He'll be sorry for the rest of his life. Yeah, he will. Sorry he got caught.
1: Right. I love that you did the notes for this. And you thought that it was the Mexican drug cartel. Does the Wagner family sound like... A Mexican last name <laughs> to you.
0: I don't know, like, Rachel.
1: You didn't question George Billy Wagner, the <laughs> third.
0: Like, what? I was super tired. I don't know what was happening. I have no excuse.
1: <laughs> it was oh, just goodness. an off kind of day. Yeah. Yeah. You had, you were almost there. You see, it was. All the edge with the rest of that research but so my sources yeah
0: <laughs> were rachel. yeah rachel <laughs> um wiki fox19.com whio.com and that's it mostly rachel though so. yeah she brought me Sanded back down on that one. yep <laughs> so yeah you got anything it's else the to say on the, the pike county murders that was a doozy i it
1: is.
0: and josh used to whenever he used to drive for his other company that he worked for he would go through pike county and mm-hmm. he's actually the one that told me about it because he heard about it going through you know the town and yeah then it kind of was just like whoa mm-hmm. what is happening what is happening
1: yeah Yeah. so
0: it's- yeah all these years, so I thought it was the Mexican drug cartel.
1: I mean, I very well could have been with those situations going on, but yeah. nope.
0: Yep. nope. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Well, is. we hope, I guess we hope you didn't enjoy it, but that you learned something from yeah. episode 83, Pike County Murders. Yep. And we hope you all have a fantastic week. We didn't say happy Thanksgiving in
1: our last one. Is this going to go out before that? It's not.
0: It's not. But hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving. Yes. Hope you (laughs) gobbled till you wobbled.
1: That's
0: right. All right. Well, we will see y'all next time. We hope you are out there being safe, staying Mm -hmm. safe. Don't be saying, don't be killing anyone. Don't be posting about it on Facebook. Nope. Not worth it. Mm -mm. All right. Bye. Bye.